0: Good morning Church, how are you all doing? Yeah, that's a really good response, I love it. you guys are off to a good start. Church, how are we doing this morning? I don't know about you, but it's lekker to be in church. I love church. I love starting my week this way because I always believe what you start with, God, is always gonna bless the rest. And so thank you for being here this morning because what you're doing is putting God first in your week. And so we pray that God's gonna bless it. Let's trust Him right now. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank You, God. I thank You for Your Word. And and even as we speak today, Lord, I pray that me as a preacher gets out the way. Holy Spirit, will You speak here today. Uh, May it be driven by Your Word. May it be Christ-centered, biblically based and Spirit-led today, Father God. May you speak into our hearts, Lord, and reveal those things that are not of you and help us overcome those things that we want to align with you today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Why don't you while you take a seat? Say the person next to you, will you be my Valentine? Always gets a laugh. I just want to let you know if you met your or your future wife, it happened here in church. Can we get an amen? Come on. But if you are married, I want to let you know stay married. Uh, it's very important. Come on, church. It's so good to be here with you uh, this morning. Uh, it's our Love Sunday. Come on, our Valentine's Sunday. And what we've chosen to do is to dedicate today uh, to relationships. Not so much the kissy smoochy stuff and chocolates in boxes, but actually more about relationships because we believe that a relationship with God and a relationship with others will get you so much further in life. And so today we want to dedicate that. Uh, Today our Valentine's is dedicated towards our view groups. So you would see there's a flyer on your chair. Maybe you can hold that up for a sec. What this is, is a QR code. If you're not in a view group, you can do that by joining, just scanning that code, and it'll give you the details to allow you to get entered into a view group, or alternatively, after the service, we are going to have sign-up booths, not kissing booths, sign-up booths at the back, Um, and uh, yeah, that's amazing, and if you have joined us, you are new, welcome. Uh, To all of our online people, welcome as well. It's really good to have you guys with us. Do you know that we are three locations, one church? Hey, come on. So right now there's services happening across three different locations and we trust and thank God for that. And even our online service is another service for us to actually just reach people in the season. We're in a a series called Wide Awake. Look to the person next to you and say, are you Wide Awake? Clearly by the response... <laughs> I equi. Like, guys, our, our vision this year is to be wide awake. And we really believe as a church, we don't wanna just be a church that does Christianity. We wanna be Christians. We wanna live out the example of Jesus in our everyday lives. And we believe that we don't wanna be asleep on the job. We wanna be wide awake in the season. That 2004 will bring the opportunities for somebody to get in to hearing the Word of God, to find a life-giving relationship with them, to bring hope, to bring faith, to bring love into their season. And so our phrase is, what on earth are you doing for heaven's sake? And so we want to be wide awake. And so we are preaching into this topic at the moment. And the title for this morning's message is going to be, we want to be wide awake with what we say. And um, just as we we get into that, I want to let you know, how many of you have ever said something that you've regretted? You're honest. You're more honest than the 8.30 service. Pray for them. (laughs) My son was four years old in this church and, and he's got like a, Like, you know that person that always is hypercritical and they say the thing that should not be said? Like, you think, like, it's not wrong, just have more tact (laughs) in the way that you say it. If, For lack of a better word, I think, uh, blood. (laughs) Okay? He's just, he says it as it is. And so uh, we come back from the dentist and we walk in, he's four years old and he, he doesn't know none the wiser, but he's just been to the dentist. He's been made aware of the importance of teeth and he comes up to one of our senior pastors and he walks in and he goes, you have rotten teeth. <laughs> what do you say to stuff like that? Like, how do you respond? Like, shh, Sorry. It was one of the pastors as well, so I was like, and then not long after that, a few weeks, we had a discussion with him, just think about what you're going to say before you say it. And he goes up to another senior leader in our church and he walks up to this lady and says, you know, your nose reminds me of the witch in the book that I've been reading. I was like, (laughs) how many of you have ever said things that you wish that you did not say? Hey, we can all be there. And today I want to encourage you through the Word of God that uh, this is a subject that I want to deal with today because I think we all struggle with this. If we're honest with ourselves, whether you are a pastor, whether you are a businessman, whether you are a Holy Joe, (laughs) everybody has this ability to say things that you wish you didn't say at times. And it's a topic that's pretty sensitive and we can all do with a little help in this area. And so I want to talk about what we say. And this year we want to be wide awake with what we say as a church. You know why? Because your tongue has so much potential. It has so much potential. How many of you struggle to get your tongue under control sometimes? Eh? You just, when you're angry, people know you're angry. And when you're sad, people know you're sad. And I've heard it being said before that a picture's worth a thousand words. Well, how many words is your lifetime worth? Have you ever asked that question? Well, I'll tell you, research says that on average, a person will speak 860 million words in your lifetime. Over 860 million words in your lifetime. In a day, they say an average person can speak anything between 6,000 words to 16,000 words. Now, I didn't say this. The guardians, when I was doing the research, they did some research and proved that women can speak three times more than a man in a day. So if that is the case, you probably need this three times more. Now, I'm joking. Uh, there is no factual evidence. I just want to put that out. I researched it. There's no factual evidence to say that women speak more or less because uh, clearly I'm somebody that likes to speak a lot too. 150 words a day. And sorry, 150 words, in a. Um, they say within a minute, you could speak 150 words. We don't realise this, but it just shows you that it's so important Because it actually says a lot of who we are and what we do and it's something we use every single day. Proverbs 18 puts it this way and maybe you can help me read the part as I go. The tongue has the power of? And those who love it will eat its fruit. The Bible says that the tongue has the power to bring life but it also has the power to destroy things. And the words that come out of our mouths are either going to be life-giving and build up and bring refreshment or they're going to break down and crumble what stands before us. Let me, for example, can any of you think of a time where you were on your way to whatever you were doing and somebody said something hurtful to you, a word, a word that stuck with you, that you replayed it over in your head, and every time you, you listen to it, it's just like you get more and more anxious. And you haven't been in that position. Words are powerful. How many of you have ever been in a position where you're down, you're sad, and you're in a horrible place? You feel uncomfortable and somebody gives you a word of encouragement. And that word just changes your whole day. And you've been in that position. You know why? Because your words are powerful. And you can use them. And that's what the Bible says. You can either use them to, to, to bring death to somebody or you can use them to encourage somebody and bring life. Your words can build or your words can break. Your words can help or your words can hurt. Your words can inspire or they can bring insecurity to the person you're speaking to. Your words can wage wars or your words can bring peace. And so for us, it's very important to understand that words are important in our lives. Words are powerful in our Christian walk. Let me give you an example of a few words. So, so just to be a bit more practical, what does deathly words look like? Well, the first one is negativity. If we could get that slide up. What is deathly words? Have you ever been in the presence of somebody that's negative? It's so funny, we all do this. And I'm like, have you ever been negative in the presence of other people? Yeah, whatever. And hey, we've all been there sometimes, hey? Has negativity ever bred anything healthy? It doesn't. And I think that here's the thing, is that sometimes we can be negative and not knowing it. You know the person that always goes, I'm so tired. So tired. I'm going, what are you tired about? Or somebody that keeps going, here's a new catchphrase. I'm so busy. I'm just so busy. I'm anxious. I'm overwhelmed. I'm busy. I'm busy. And then you stop and go, what are you busy with? Because I think you're busy being busy. And we speak these things out of our mouths. But when you actually stand back and go, you've only need to do three things today. But our minds have got so stuck on, I'm busy. And we create this anxiety in us and it makes us feel sick. It makes us feel overwhelmed. My daughter had to study yesterday and she kept going, I have to study. I have to study. I'm like, stop telling me you have to study and go study. We're the same. We talk about our problems more than we actually go and deal with our problems. And we got to get into a space. Negativity will not only destroy the environment that you're present in, it will destroy your life. Get it under control. Another one is offensive words. Now, I know that we are in View Church. Nobody, here. this applies to absolutely nobody here. Vulgar words, swear words. I'm speaking to another church. Hey, vulgar words or swear words. I mean, um, some people use swear words as a shock factor. And maybe sometimes we actually don't realise it, but we watch stuff with so much swear words in our lives that we start to repeat those things. But the Bible actually tells us we need to keep ourselves pure. You know why? Because the Christ's Word should reflect Jesus, who we follow. And so I'm not making you feel guilty or anything under there. I'm just saying this is a moment that I think we can all improve on. Careless words. Okay, say the thing that everyone's thinking. And you don't actually think before you say something. I think we've all been in that position. If we're honest with ourselves, we've all been in a position where we we give somebody a piece of our mind. Meanwhile, the person's like, I don't actually want a piece of your mind. I just want you to think through what you're going to say first. But how many of us get into situations where we don't think before we talk? Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never? Come on, you guys know that. Absolute rubbish. I've been in situations where words have destroyed somebody that they're in depression and on the verge of suicide. Words are powerful. Don't neglect them. Don't think that they are not powerful. What you say can change somebody's life for the good or it can change somebody's life for the bad. And what we need to do is realise the power of words and we need to realise that because we understand the power of this, that we are going to think through what we say first. It's almost like, um, have you ever watched those movies where the president's about to press the button and throw a nuclear bomb onto another country? And then he's sweating. I don't know if I should. I can't. Have we thought of everything? Have we, gone, have we gone over this a few enough times? Is this the last resort? Some of us need to apply that thinking when we speak. We need to think, what is the, going to transpire by this coming out? Okay, so let's look at some words of life quickly. Well, one more. There was gossip. I missed gossip. That's the best one. Does anybody gossip here? Bless you. Bunch of skinnerers. Bless you. Hey guys, I want to let you know, you know what is dangerous about gossiping is sometimes it can be interesting and it's the news. But I want to let you know that what all it does is it breaks down unity. So you've got to realise that, that gossip and the Holy Spirit can't be present in the same body. You need to realise that. And so if you are gossiping about somebody, why don't you rather use and change the way you talk about that? But gossiping is just going to, the strings that connect you in unity in your work life, your church life, your view groups, your family. I don't know if you've got a family man. The more you gossip, the more you rip those strings off, the less unity you have. And we know the Bible actually says that God commands a blessing when there's, you've got to watch that mouth when it gossips. Okay, what is life? Positive words. So how do we negate negative words? You speak positively. You can find the good in it. There is always good in something if you actually look at it long enough. The second thing is we got to, how do you negate vulgar offensive words? Well, you speak pure words. Okay, so we've got to take the toxic words in our mouths and swap them out for God's words. James 3.2 says this, we all stumble in many ways anyone who is never at fault in what they say is and they're able to keep their whole body in check now just a show of hands quickly how many of you have never done any of these things or spoken a bad word about anybody here I don't see any hands so what that tells me none of us are perfect can we agree on that? None of us are perfect, and we all got an opportunity to improve in this area. And so we got to actually try and improve in this. The script, this scripture from James, gives us a spiritual scale, and what it actually says: if you can get your mouth under control, you can get the way you live your life under control. And that's what we've got to get to as Christians. Don't just say you holy on a Sunday, but during the week, the way you speak, let that overflow. What is pure, what is of God. Another one is encourages. So how do you negate a person that, that a person that hurts or gossips about somebody? Rather change it for a word of encouragement. Find something about that person that is encouraging and encourage them to move in the right direction. You know, encouragement is like a shower. How many have you ever painted your house? You like painting, working on your car or gone camping for a while. I don't know about you, but I feel like I can't get that stuff out from under my nails. (laughs) I'm trying to crop it out with soap. Ever been there? Well, encouragement is a shower to somebody that, that feels dirty. And so it helps people. We need to shower people with encouraging words. The last one is intentional. We've got to be intentional. We've got to think about what we say first. I tell you, Matthew 12 says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every." Careless word, they speak. That's not me. That's the Word of God. So if we're going to give an account for it, why don't we be careful with the way that we present it? For every careless word, you will have to give an account one day. So we understand today that we've got to be wide awake because words are powerful. And so I want to read a scripture out of James and then I want to give you four points and then we'll come to a close. Is that all right? In about four hours time. Okay. I know it's so cold in here at the moment. But listen, write down notes if you want to take these down. I think they're very important because I do think this affects all of our lives. And so if you are taking notes, write them down. If you want to read in the Word with me today, you can use your Bibles, you can use your iPads, your iPhones or your eyelids because it's going to be on the screen. Okay, so James chapter 3 says this. When we put bits into the mouths of horses and make them obey us, we can turn that whole animal. Or take a ship, for example. Although they are large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder. Whoever the pilot, wherever he wants to go, he steers it. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what great forests it sets on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body and it sets the whole course of one's life on fire and itself sets on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed. And they have been tamed by mankind, but no Human, hear this, no human, that's you, can tame the tongue. That's hectic. As much as you think you can tame something, you can't tame your tongue. All right, so no human can tame the tongue. It is restless, evil, full of deadly poison. Now that can seem super discouraging. It can feel overwhelming, like that's very discouraging. Wow. But actually, I want to let you know, this reality, if you are struggling in this area and you've gone, I've tried to correct this in my life, I've heard this sermon before, I've tried but just struggle to do it, I want to let you know that's why you can't do it. Because no human is able to do this. But here's the good news. Luke tells us in 18, the things which are impossible with man are possible with God. So when you can't do anything, you've got to step into the God arena. Because God is able to do measurably more than you can ask, imagine, or think at the power of Christ at work in us. We got that? Cool. So this scripture tells us we need to tame our tongues. So how do we do that practically? The worship team can make their way up so long because I'm not going to be long on these points. The first one is this. Think before you speak. Just think before you speak. You know, my son... We've had to teach him, he's still critical like that. Like literally, he's so critical about Liverpool. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but, but we actually had to, at one stage, take a piece of toothpaste. Has anybody heard that analogy before? You take a toothpaste tube. And I had to find a way for him to understand this. And so I took a full tube and I said to him, look, what I want you to do is squeeze all the toothpaste out. And so he's like having fun. <laughs> And then I said to him, okay, cool, now put it back in. And then he tried. He tried everything. He, it was He's adamant he's getting this right. Do you think he could put the toothpaste back in the tube? No. So I—I point to him is what comes out of your mouth, you can never put back. And you need to be very careful because once it's out, it can't come back. So rather think about how you're going to do that. And so we had this thing, stop, think, choose, do. When you're in this situation... Stop first. Like if somebody's angered you, just stop. Think about what you're going to say, choose what you're going to say, and then say it. Stop, think, choose, do. I think we'll be able to solve a majority of our problems if we just take a moment before we think about what we're going to say first. Because the world, the words coming out of our mouth, um, have absolute unbelievable power. And they can change your day. They can change your relationships in just a second. James says it this way in James 1.19. He says, if you want to get this right, what you've got to do is everyone should be quick to, slow to, and become slow to angrier. I want to let you know, if you struggle with anger here today, just a free thing, like look at the recipe of that. If anger is your issue, go back to your listening. make sure that you're listening probably seek first to understand before you want to be understood so go back and have a look at that you see i always think of it like a car it's like you get in your car and you need to start the ignition before you put it in gear well let's think of that as an analogy what you need to do is start your mind before you shift your mouth into gear and that's what we've got to do is as christians we've got to be, be aware of this paul says it this way Philippians 4.8, he says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think on such things. I think we need to test our thinking as Christians. And today, if you could leave here, test your thinking before you speak. So here's the second one, attitude the attitude in your heart is so important and this is why, because the Bible, Matthew says this in 1234, he says, how can you who are evil say anything good? You see, because what comes out of the mouth is what the heart's actually full of. And so whilst we think the Word is the end result, no, it's your heart and you need to go and understand what is the source of that Word. And if you are speaking things that are not life-giving, go back to the source of your heart. And Somebody else is not the problem, you have an issue in your heart and you need to go back to the heart. So if your heart is filled with something that's bad, bad is gonna come out of your mouth. You will affect your health more with a bad attitude than a bad diet. The attitude of your heart is revealed by what we say. So we understand that, right? So if your attitude in your heart is bad, your speech will be bad. So if you're angry, you're going to say harsh words. If you are insecure, you're going to start boasting about yourself. Breaker. If your heart is bitter, you're going to start to be critical about other people. Go check the source of your heart. You see, your heart determines what comes out of your mouth. So if you want to change what you say, you've got to change the source of where it comes from. David puts it this way in the Psalms 51. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. We can see David understands the source. Mature Christians, what they will do is when they're about to say something or said something wrong, they go back and examine their heart and understand where did that come from? What in the source of my heart is wrong that got me to say that? And they will go and correct that. How do they do that? Through the Word of God. You know why? Because hurt people will hurt people. But loved people will love other people. And we've got to change the way we speak. You see, these aren't just words. They're the greatest revealers of our hearts. And so we've got to get it into a healthy space. third one is meditate on the Word of God. The only way you can tame the tongue is you've got to get into God's Word. You can't do this on your own. No human can tame the tongue. If you want to tame it, it's only done through the Word of God. You see the problem is though, is that we don't put enough of the Word into us and we put a lot of toxic things into us and then what we're expecting to come out is Godly stuff, but it's not because what you put in is what you get in. Trash in, trash out. Like there's times where you watch those movies on Netflix and there's a lot of sex and swear words and killing and and you're going, but Dita, that's just entertainment. Yeah, what's entertaining you might be coming out of your life. Maybe if you're watching a lot of movies with sex and all that jazz on there, ask yourself, is your marriage okay? because you'll find one day your marriage won't be okay because you're putting stuff in that shouldn't belong there. So you've got to check what's coming into your heart. And how do we do that? Through the Word of God. Yesterday I went for a pizza in the week and I love this pizza place, so I'm not gonna name the name. It was just an accident, I blame it on load shedding with their fridges or whatever, but I love the rib pizza. And so they give me this rib pizza, but this particular day I'm going, oh, it smells a bit funky, <laughs> like I don't know. It smells a bit like armpit. And I'm just like, and I'm the type of guy that doesn't complain. So I'm, eh, just eat it. I want to tell you for free right now. What you put bad in you comes out bad. That pizza, I finished that pizza. I'll promise you for free. It, it went in ugly, but it came out ugly. Yeah. You have to realize what you put in is what you're going to get out. Can I grab that that, that shaker quickly? I want to give you an analogy just quickly how it works for us in our lives. So we all love smoothies. How many of you guys go to gym once a year? You play the gym the whole year. You go once a year. And on that one day you take a shower and you're feeling so good. You're like, this is my new routine. You go to Kauai and you're like, I'm going to even eat something healthy. It's like the first time in a year you've eaten eggs, omelettes with nothing on. Like... And you get a smoothie and you're like, you feel so good. I'm the only one here. But sometimes what we do is we, we know that when you put good things in, good things come out. But instead what we do is we go, I love God, but I also love this Netflix show. So I'm going to watch a little bit of Game of Thrones because it's not really that bad and it's alright. It's still edible and I can still watch it and love God at the same time. And it's like taking fish oil and putting it in your morning, morning smoothie. Then you go, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to watch this social media post. Follow the social media post or whoever you YouTuber in, You're going, it's not good, but it's not bad. It's like, instead of taking orange juice, you're taking a Fanta. <laughs> Fanta, it's orange, like vitamin C, isn't it? It's the same colour, isn't it? Is it going to kill you if you drink it? <laughs> you put it in. You go, the news, that ESCOM. <laughs> and you speak negative and and you just pour that put a bit of mustard will mustard kill you? no all of this is edible or you get relationship advice this is the best one from somebody who's been married 20 times And, and you're going like I'm going to listen to that person. Or you get parenting advice from a single person who's never had a child before. You know, the best children advice is the single people. Like, when I'm a bad old, children should do this. I'm like, go have a baby, buddy. Like, seriously. It's like taking vinegar, pouring it in. Now Now you've made yourself a little cocktail because you're going, but you don't realise you're actually putting this stuff in. So what you're putting is what you're going to get out you wake up in the morning, you go, hi babe, made you a smoothie. She's like, oh. Hey kids, made you a smoothie. Hey church, made you a smoothie. Hey work, made you a smoothie. Hey sister, hey father, hey mother, made you a smoothie. But would you drink? Would they drink it? No, because even though it's edible, it's disgusting. And we've got to realise that what we put in is what we get out. And some of us are living a life of disgust and we're wondering why. Go back and check what you're meditating on. Because you can use the same analogy and put the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 that says, that we put love, joy, peace, kindness, self-control, patience. You can put those fruits in here and you can say, I'm gonna be in the devotion with God. I put a fruit in there. I put real orange juice. You know what? I'm gonna listen to worship instead of other stuff. You start, whatever you do, you're putting God in, you're meditating on God's Word. Joshua says it this way in Joshua 1.8. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written. Listen to the last part. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. You know what I find in counselling with people? Everyone's trying to seek to be prosperous and successful, but they're not putting in the Word of God. So I'm going, cool, let's go back to the recipe. Meditate on the Word of God. Get back into your devotion. Worship God. Be in time with Him. Focus on the things that He wants you to say. And when we get the Word in us, we will get the Word out of us. Here's the last one. I'm gonna close off on this. I'm not gonna take too long on it. But we've gotta encounter God and His presence. When you do that, you get the Holy Spirit. And He speaks to you and whispers, He's a gentleman and says, you know that thing that you're doing, it's not right and that's called conviction. Some of us don't like to be convicted, but the Holy Spirit says, I'm convicting you because I'm just letting you know there's there's a radar going off, there's something else unhealthy coming inside. We need to watch that that's coming inside. This is what God wants us to do. So He reminds you of God's goodness and what God wants. And then He draws you to repentance where you actually go, God, I don't wanna do this. I wanna change my way and I move. And that's the space that we've gotta get into. We've gotta get into God's presence. God doesn't just expose our issues, He empowers us to go through them. In my life, right now, right today, in this moment, on this second, I wanna be a person that lives wide awake, for what God's promises are, for what God's opportunities are for the Gospel. I want to be so in tune and I reckon that if there's one thing I can improve in my life right now, it's what I say. What's coming out of my heart, into my mouth and going out to my congregation. I'm going to change that right now in Jesus' Name. And I'm going to choose to do that. And I don't know if you want to be a church that chooses to do that, but let your 2024 be something different. Don't let it be 2023. It's gone. It's time to move. It's time to go forward. It's time to listen to what God wants and allow us to be a people that's on fire wide awake what on earth are you doing for heaven's sake come on church give God some praise this morning (laughs) a word can change everything in a second I was going to go back into worship but we've run out of time because I talk too much but um, can I ask you just to bow your heads for a moment just in this this moment is so important and it's, it's so special because it allows us to actually change our direction. Like if you picture a circle in your mind right now, this moment allows us to go 180 degrees. Allows us to turn from where we were to where we are. And if you're struggling in this area, I want to pray for you. And if you want God's presence and you wanna just step into these four things and practice them this year, I just wanna pray a blessing upon you. So if that is you, can you show your hands quickly while every head's down? Uh, You can just give me a quick wave, so I know who I'm praying for. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And I know there's a lot more here as well, but maybe you're too shy to lift your hand. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you have given us the ability to overcome things of this world, Father God. And it's in our relationship with you. It's in our presence with you. It's in the way that you've instructed and directed us to live according to your character. And so Lord, I pray that we get a vision for heaven this year, Father God. One that allows us to live differently, not the same, but different on this earth, Father God. Not just conform to things around us, but to be transformed by Your Word and Your power. And I think, I pray for a blessing on everyone here, Father God, that's needing help in that area. Why not You guide them? Why not You support them? Church, if you're sitting and you haven't got a relationship with Jesus Christ today, that's the most important relationship you could ever have in your life. I always say to my wife, at our marriage vows, we said, let's promise to always love God than we love each other. Because we know the overflow of that relationship will flow into our relationship. And so today you may not be in a relationship with God and you may be struggling with a lot of things. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour and it's nothing that you can do. So I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm just asking you to acknowledge Jesus. I can't do this without you anymore. I've tried everything and I just can't do this. I need you. And all you're doing is stepping into a relationship with Jesus and it's recognizing that by the power of the cross, He's given you the power to overcome this thing that you keep facing. He will never take it away from you, but He walks with you through it. And where you're weak, He gives you strength. And through His Word, He guides you. And through your relationship, you go from strength to strength. And if that's you this morning, and you wanna receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, the Bible tells us, one, God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son, that all they had to do was believe in Him. The Bible also tells us that we confess with our mouths. What we say is powerful. We confess with our mouths, but then we believe in our hearts. And in that moment, Jesus will come into your heart and He will live with you. And the Holy Spirit will empower you to live a life differently. And if that's you this morning, and you want to receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Saviour, can you just pop up your hand quickly so that I can see who I'm praying. Thank you at the back. God bless you. Thank you for your hands. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus, for every heart that's coming home today. If there's anyone, I don't want to miss you. So if you you have another moment, just pop your hand up so that God bless you. Church, maybe we can pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank You that You love me. I want to live for You. I recognise my sin. And I ask you to forgive me of it. I want to repent of it. I want to change my direction. And I want to live for you. Will you come into my heart? Transform me from the inside out as I live out my days with you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Can we give Jesus some praise? Just before we close, can we get that last slide? Oh, we got it up there. Remember we said that no human could tame the tongue? Well, out of those four points that I gave you, if you look at the four four first letters of that, think before you speak, attitude in your heart, meditate on the Word, encounter God and His presence. That's how you tame your tongue. And so I'm going to encourage you, take that with you this week as you go into church. I want to remind you about our view group. Sign up to join a view group today. If you're not in a view group, you can do that by either clicking on here or going out the doors and connecting. Uh, We'd love to see you guys next week. Bring a friend. Let's grow the church. In Jesus' name, let's give Jesus some praise.